Into the world of rampant xenophobia comes Xenos Rampant. Fortified Niche. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Fortified Niche, your podcast about indie war games, I guess. <laughs> Smaller war games than uh, Games Workshop. Uh, I am your host, uh, JC Dent, and I am joined, as always and forever, by the other host, Casa. What's up? How are you? I'm fairly fine this week. Mostly because I've been playing uh, Flashpoint campaigns, uh, Southern Storm, but uh, that's not actually a miniature game, so that's not entirely irrelevant. So how about you? Ah, uh, well, I played a small war game called uh, Zenith Rampant on the weekend. Um, otherwise, God, I can't remember. Nothing, just working. Mm. Working, photos, working. <laughs> uh, topical, at least, the uh, Zenith Rampant uh, part. I actually did uh, go to a friend's to paint miniatures on the on Saturday, so I mostly finished uh, I mostly finished contrast painting a single cyber cop from. Uh, I I believe it's called slap shop. Any uh, kind of painting nowadays, because uh, we're on the cutting edge of all internet humor. Now that it's everyone's over it and hates it, we're gonna bring it back, maybe ironically i am thinking of maybe doing like the actual slap chop thing for some miniatures in the future but i've already but i don't know i don't know if that wouldn't increase the amount of uh, work i have to do on my contrast 012 you know no it's, it's any prime and contrast paints that's like the secret <laughs> yeah, well. what you're doing is like one step removed it's not a Oh, yeah, like I, like I said, one step <laughs> removed, one zenithal, something and something, something, something. Anyways, I, I don't feel like I need to wait in on the uh, slap job drama because we have fresh new war game, fresh off the presses and fresh from uh, the brains of the creators. It's Zeno's Rampant. It's uh, for all the good boys, girls, MBs, and others who played Dragon Rampant and Lion, Lion Rampant and said like, you know what, I wish it was this, but uh, it let me play with Space Marines. Well, here it is. I wish is. it had a cool setting. I wish it had a cool setting rather than boring ones, so I'm glad they've done yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> wish there were tanks and like laser yeah! guns. Yeah! Uh, right. Paladins and knights are pretty are pretty cool, man. Like that's pretty dope. But what if what if instead it was a technical? Yeah. <laughs> what if your what if your uh, knightly charge was supported by technicals with the DHKs? Yeah, you know that 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 has uh, that has some ways to go. So yeah, Xenos uh, Rampant is uh, a ga- is a game by. Daniel Mercer, who wrote the original Lion Rampant Rules, and Richard Cohen, who made the Xenos Rampant supplement for the fantasy version Dragon Rampant, and then I guess they just touched the base, 25mm base, and uh, and decided to make it into an official product, which they did. And uh, our uh, current opinion is that it's uh, great. Also, before I forget, shout out to... Twitter user JDE wins or JDE for successfully observing that I was playing. I posted a photo of us of myself playing Zenith Rippin on Twitter based on two garbage photos. That's incredible. Well done. Props well, to you. Well done, you. 
we we definitely have the best audience around. Smart and healthy. Yeah. So, uh, Xenos Rampant, it doesn't have uh, an actual premise or a fluff world or whatever. Well, it actually kind of does, but mostly for World, yeah. <laughs> world War II were werewolf setting. But well, it, it does have several different um, presumptions for the settings you're playing. Yeah, it has several. And it doesn't have any conti- continuity between it, it's, which yeah. is kind of cool. It's like it comes from World War II until like post Star Trek. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. So at the same time, it doesn't have a setting, and it also has like five settings of various uh, vanilla-ness. So the yeah. idea, the idea of this game is to give you fast and easy rules to make uh, whichever fantasy army game you want and uh, play it by heavily adapting the, the funnily enough rules that were meant for medieval combat and lions rampant, and uh, it uh, works. So um, I don't know. Like we could also we could almost talk about this in army building, but uh, as the as the as the as the book presents it, it has like five settings that it suggests to you, like or five genres. Uh, like Operation Werewolf is the world weird <laughs> World War Two setting, which can also be a weird weird World War One setting. It's about, but unlike other uh, <laughs> weird Nazi settings. Uh, Nazis lost, and uh, this yeah. is like <laughs> they're taking it badly. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is like uh, the Operation Werewolf, which was in real life supposed to be Nazi stay behind cells who would fight on after the Reich fell, and uh, they didn't have much success. Well, in this uh, well in this game, Operation Werewolf is that, but now they're using uh, dark magics and all that, and not effectively, not well. It doesn't yeah. seem to have extended the war at all. It's not like, and then we stole a bunch of ancient cool guns and turned it around. It's like, no, we were still losing. We're still massively materially and manpowerly outnumbered yeah. considerably. So like, cool, we've got a gun that kills 10 guys a second. There's a million guys coming at us. It's not helpful. Yeah, and it, it, How many guns can we make? Not enough. Not it, enough. Yeah, and the, the, the setting doesn't have that much faith in, in Nazis actually having produced the Wonderwaffen themselves or those Wonderwaffen working. Uh, so it's kind of uh, kind of a tie between uh, the lore of the Wolf- of Wolfenstein New Order and the the late war uh, Nazi experiments with uh, all sorts of wonder planes that mostly managed to kill test pilots. Uh, yeah, and there was an army group for the Americans called Operation Paperclip, which makes me laugh quite a lot. Um, I just just before we get too much into it, the writing in this game is just really good. It's just really evocative and fun, and just there's nothing in it that makes me go like, mm, don't know about that. Yeah, it's the, the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's not only uh, uh, good in the uh, I guess moral sense, but I think it's good in the general sense in that uh, the only time I previously ever felt that inspired by generic army lists for generic army game is one of the. Nordic Weasel space games, I guess, or was it? Uh, yeah. Was it? Was it his uh, Rogue Trader? Uh, Rogue tra- his Rogue Trader inspired game, or something where it, he had some bits of lo- of lore uh, that twisted the factions in interesting ways. And this game is like I'm reading those uh, I'm reading those example army lists and those example settings, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is hype. This is good. Uh, even if they are stuff that I usually wouldn't go for, because like the uh, 
Second setting is like urban fantasy, which is, uh, okay, you're maybe fighting, you're, you're maybe doing uh, an X-Files and uh, shooting, shooting aliens in the, middle of, uh, in the middle of your modern cities or fighting rural cults. Five minutes into the future <laughs> is your uh, XCOMs. You're doing an XCOM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but instead of just having elite uh, or quote-unquote elite XCOM forces, you also have real uh, like uh, top tier uh, first world militaries as well as private military contractors and irregular armies that rely more on technicals than on techniques yeah no this is great if you um yeah then it goes the post-apocalyptic stuff which is all kind of what you expect except there is a group of people who don't want to go out there and fight and murder and be slavers they just want to make this slavers like man we just want to live in a cool little home and make a village and you just fuck right off yeah uh kind of uh, post apocalypse could be like you know it's uh, it's uh, gone uh, it's gone into being uh, xcom 2 like the world was taken over or maybe just a nuclear apocalypse or maybe zombies yeah uh, there's no reason to think these settings are connected in any way and then the loosest setting is the space opera which is like star wars star trek uh, 40k yeah. Uh, yeah it feels more star warsy to me, how to present it, because they have, like, a starship crew who's very, like, Star Trek, and they have, um, like, clear Klingons, XBs, um, yeah. which have the enhanced combat squad, which could probably, which sub in well for Space Marines, and do that kind of work. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, like, you know, if you want to do planet and sandal stuff, or sword and planet, I guess... Uh, I, you can also do that because the rules account the rules account for well not maybe not everything but damn near everything. Yeah, like all the settings have a bunch of neat like so most of the flavor comes from like the army lists essentially or the example factions. Um, like I mentioned, like there's an example list for the um, fantasy of like a SWAT, which is just like two teams of SWAT and then a truck and a sniper and some big cop squads, or you have like the rural cult, who is like you know. Your hardcore militia fascists or your true believers or your like cure non-anonymous and they have like you know their big weird bug creature the sworn patriot squads novices with second thoughts which is just a very fun line um second amendment enthusiasts which is like kind of support infantry i don't yeah probably cover that later but just yeah yeah I, it's so good <laughs> it, yeah it does a lot even with the uh, unit names in the uh in, in the example army list so this is probably the most the <laughs> least generic genetic rule set, and uh, th- there's a lot of funny writing in it. And uh, yeah, I like it, and it's great. And like you know, it already fires up uh, fires up your imagination into what you what uh, armies you can you can build and what games you can play. And I guess we <laughs> at this point oh. And uh, something that Casa hasn't mentioned is that each uh, fantasy setting also comes with uh, optional rules that are uh, fitting mm. f- fitting for both that setting and I guess no cops are watching you can fit them into others. So for uh, so for example, urban fantasy gives you optional rules for civilians. Love that. Also optional rules for police response, which is like you know you're shooting the aliens and then the cops sh- come and shoot both yeah. you and the aliens. <laughs> For Weird War, you get, like, national traits. Uh, uh, Which are all pretty exciting, but none of them are really, like... Um, I, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, man, the Germans get the best one. I'm like, actually, it's it's mostly just okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for space stuff, you get, like, 
board in action. So we definitely see that someone yeah. someone has been playing Zone Mortalis. So. Mm. But the rules of zombies and limited ammo, and they're all um, they're all very optional and interesting. Yeah, they're all they all change the game in a way that's not so much that you couldn't like. The game isn't lessened when you add them, and it's not reduced when they're not there. Yeah. It's yeah. just like extra extra seasonings, different kinds of protein in your um bulgogi. Yeah, so uh the rules uh, we're ta- talking about the rules, we're gonna to talk we're going to talk about the rules because this is that kind of podcast. Uh we're going to assume that none of you has ever have ever played Lion Rampant or even know what it is. Uh the game has a funny activation sequence where uh, each unit each unit has different activation scores so different activation scores for shooting for going into melee and fighting into melee and for moving and so once your turn rolls over you choose a unit and then you try to activate them to do one thing which is one 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 thing that really stands out it's you can only do one thing so example so for example most units can't move and shoot they can move either move or or shoot and then you roll the dice 43 yeah, and then you roll the dice, and if you uh, you roll two d six, and if you score the activation, uh, and if you score above the activation like uh, score, Eagles you are above. Yeah, yeah, five, six, or seven seems to be standard. Yeah, you can do the the action the unit wants to do, and then you continue uh, continue to continue towards activating your other unit. If you fail, your turn ends. Uh, period, and then the enemy starts activating their troops until they either fail or run out of troops. There's really no going back and forth between you activating and me activating and failing like it would be in, say, 40k epic. Uh, so it can, the game can end with uh, both sides activating either one unit each or technically no unit each, but uh, there's also stuff uh, that's uh, in here to guarantee that this doesn't happen because the different unit types might actually have access to different free activations so your uh, support uh, your support uh, infantry teams might have free shooting action because that is who they are they're a large machine uh, they're a large emplaced machine gun or a mortar or something one of those units that uh, pick a spot and shoot and so they're uh, so they don't get free movement because they're not there to move; they're there to shoot. And while, for example, light infantry get free moves because you know they're light infantry. That that's their whole thing. <laughs> they move, they move around, and, and they also desperately want to be in cover. So yeah, that's the that's the basic of uh, activating stuff. And the rest is also d six d sixes as far as I can see. Um, yeah, when you're uh, when you're attacking stuff, if your unit is at full health, you roll 10 dice. If your unit is at half, half, half health or below, you roll 5 dice. Strength points. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, we're going to bitch about those. <laughs> uh, so, and then you, you count the successes, check the enemy armor value, and every multiple... Yeah. So if the opponent's armor is armor 3 and you've rolled five hits, you've inflicted one point of um, strength point damage, which seems like it takes a lot to take units down, but many weapons will reduce armor value for given situations and all counters exploding dice for whatever reason. So you might have like heavy infantry have attack value, uh, sorry, shoot value 6. So they roll 10 dice on 6s, each hit 
or each success does, you know, that much. Um, that's many hits. Need three hits for heavy infantry to remove another heavy infantry. So for ten dice, you can potentially remove three heavy infantry if you roll incredibly well and haven't brought any other gear. Yeah, Casa rolled really well, and also I'm glad I have him to explain the armor system because it takes some getting used to, but it's been in the in, in the rule set forever, and it works mostly well. Uh, I think it's confusing the first time you shoot someone, and then it makes it's very clear af- afterwards. Like it's trying to explain it, it kind of takes a lot of explaining, but if we said like, okay, set your models up, roll the dice, that's how it works. That's literally exactly all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, um, and and the access damage that doesn't like you know go into a multiple of the number is lost, and uh, this means that you don't have to tr- fiddle around with tracking yeah. tracking wounds that much or something like because unless if, you've gone with a smaller model count in your army rather than which is your own choice, then it's yeah. easy to do. Yeah, then then the, the, then you need to do that. There's also. Uh, morale rules, which uh, require you to do courage checks, even if you're shot at, but don't get any casualties, which I like. Because you're hit. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're if hit. Someone just shoots you, misses. You're like, oh, whatever. But if they even just like plink off your uh, head, please head armor. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I should probably think about ducking. That's just not great. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, this can lead to your unit becoming suppressed, routing, uh, having guys run away because they're scared, or. So, which is also which is also good. Suppressed units can suppressed units can't do anything but try and rally at the start of their own phase. Um, they fight back on six as opposed to whatever their current defense value would be. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's actually speaking of that I find that actually quite interesting. There's no requirement to have like a counterattack sort of in melee. You walk, so you make an attack action, which is you move your movement. And then you make you roll your attack value in dice, and the opponent, if the defender rolls their defense value in their dice. So like heavy infantry attack value is six plus, but the defense value is five plus. So you kind of want to bait. You want your opponent to charge you, but not shoot you, because being shot is bad. <laughs> Punching back is great. Being shot is bad. Yeah, some units can go really. Most units have better melee defensive values than attack values, which uh, I guess l- makes it lean towards uh, special specialization and suppression to deal with like enemy strong points and stuff. Uh, the all, the game also features uh, technically infinite range shooting because like all guns have range, but if you shoot beyond that range, the uh, enemy gains armor. I guess. I, I forget. Yes, all guns have range, but not all guns can shoot extreme range. If your gun is only range 12 inches or less, like a close quarters battle weapon, you can't shoot at extreme range because your, your, your carbine just does not have the accuracy. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's the interesting thing about extreme range and cover. Both of them only increase your armor value. Nothing is really modifying the opponent's um, roll, the dice they're rolling apart from what the rolling player has. So you, your heavy infantry sitting in light cover become armor 4, heavy cover become armor 5, in heavy cover at extreme range, they're armor 6. So your 10 dice, unless you have bonuses, will only kill one person, which yeah. is not ideal, because that means their courage rolls are only at minus 1 for the fact that they lost the guy, and they get bonuses from being near the commander and being in cover. I think cover thing may be wrong. But yeah, so like, and it's, just, it's great. And also every model, sorry... Every, almost every squad starts at um, five strength points, which is equivalent to it's a one to one model strength point ratio. Unless you buy up, oh sorry, 
It's completely optional how that's represented. Your five strength points can be, like your commander can just be one guy with five strength points and armor six. I'm like, okay, cool. You've got to hit him 30 times. Just take him out of the fight, which is absurd. And then once the model's below half their starting strength points, they roll half as many dice in attacks and in courage rolls. Yeah. Activations aren't affected, but it can be bad. Rolling five dice rather than six or ten when your opponent has armor six or more, it's like, oh, this is really, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> One, yeah. Two. Uh, and the casa was right. You do get uh, more courage if you are in cover, which is I love. I love that more games simulated like being in cover as something that people find reassuring that there's something between them and being and the bullets. Uh, yeah, and that's I guess on a, on on really hard mechanical stuff. That's that that <laughs> that's yeah. it. That was the rules. Almost the totality of how the model does combat or activates themselves um movement is also really simple you have a movement stat um vehicles halve it if they do anything if they go backwards it's two inches to rotate a vehicle up to 90 degrees for the movement which is quite simple and I, I, we both seem to really enjoy that as a way of like measuring movement um rather than exacting half inches yeah um, just like i'm turning it's, it's two inches whatever yeah. i like guess it's, it's harsh but it's also like yeah okay sure it's gonna take a little back and forth to move that tank around or the the technical's got to like put it in low gear and try and like drift around with, um, yeah. you know, make the back tires spin. Um, something else. Ah, yes. Uh, movement itself is carried out kind of like Legion or AT43 did, where you have a, you pick your leader guy, everyone within three inches, um, for coherency, and then you move to the leader however far you want, and everyone else is placed in a bubble three inches around them. And then you draw your line of fire from the closest two models, and you work out cover from like, if it's intervening. Um, you, I guess you could sort of push all your guys, because the commander can change, or the squad leader, sergeant, etc., can change between movement actions, so you could be sort of stealing three inches, but if you're doing that, your opponent can do that, and if you're doing that, your opponent doesn't like it, maybe don't do that. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not hard to not play with dicks. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But don't don't forget that speed is of the essence, and uh, whichever you decide on, just make it that it, make sure that it's fast. Yeah. And uh, this is most important. Yeah, and then moving to through rough terrain just costs double. So it's like really oh. the, the the rules are fast fast and easy because, uh, well, you know they've been worked and playtested through two games already, and the main meat of the game, the thing that the game is most the most interested in is building your gosh darn army, which we're going to move oh, it's, into. It's it's so good at it. It's so good at it. It's maybe the best agnostic game I've seen for actually explaining how to bring your favorite models into it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good, and Casa was really en 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 enchanted by it, so I'll, uh, so I'll let him take the reins on explaining how it inspires you. Turns out I was podcast lead tonight. Um, sorry, I'm going to So... Basically, the game opens, opens up with some fluff, you know, here's it needs to build a guy, here's a build attachment, really basically. And then the first thing it does, <clears throat> well, one of the first things it does is it shows you a, a, you know, an army, which is a squad of five guys and three big guys, and then it tells you exactly how this is being represented. Like, so, you've got your small elite unit models, uh, sorry, single model unit elites, which are these big three ones with dice for battle points, and then your squad of guys in the back counters this. It's like, this is 24 points. And then... Not two pages later, it has, here is another sample detachment, these um, EM4 uh, miniatures-looking space marines. There's his five squads. That's also 24 points. And then here is, like, the next model, 
next arrangement of stuff after the commander rules, which skip, skip, skip. Um, I'm just like, here is what these guys, here is how we think we'd arm them. These look like light infantry or berserk, depending on what you want to do, because they're close combat short weapons, short range weapons. And then it's just, I don't know, no other game has engaged me in such a way of like, this is how we think you should approach this, rather than say other games, it's like, well, you know, you can work it out, you're pretty smart, it's hard to describe, but we think you can do it if you really go over there and try it. This is like, no, this is, this is how we've decided this should work. This is what we think it would work like, and how we would like to encourage you to do it as well. Yeah, so and like... so much better. Yeah, so like Cold War Commander was good for having illustrated the guides to the to the way the rules work. This one has the, illustri the illustrated examples for how army building works, how like, you know, collapsing multi-model units into a single model monster or something works. And that you're like... And I think by the time you get to the actual rules for to, for building a unit, you get a you get a bit much better grasp yeah. of w w what everything is. You a bunch of ideas of how to do it. Like um, individual models can be your heavy weapons. So yeah, and then you have like your stat blocks, which are basically the same for the dozen profiles, and you modify them so you're leading for two or like six points if you're twenty four potentially. They've got some special rules. And then it gives you all of their options each time, which I think is a waste of page space, but also it works and it's fine. Yeah. You can just look at it like each time rather than like having a reference back and forth. You're like, oh, what does any tank do? Oh, there it is. Or what does fire support do? Oh, there it is. So, you know, it's. Yeah. It's easy and it works and it's. Yeah, each unit type comes with their most common upgrades, and they like and the, the rules for those upgrades are explained there. And also, they can then be fleshed out by adding what the game calls Xeno rules, which is all the fancy stuff that might do, might, for example, make not no sense in your setting. So while say uh, <laughs> increased unit size is <laughs> probably something that is possible for any setting, so like increasing your strength point. Which which track the units help, uh, like having the unit be angelic or uh, having psi powers might not be for for your setting. So those are carted off separately, and each unit and each unit entry profile says which Xeno rules can be used. Most of them can be used for most everything. So like you know, it's really permissive, and. Uh, the base types are also yeah, like berserk can't be crusaders or psychics because whoever <laughs> heard of berserk crusaders that's silly yeah. you're being silly right now <laughs> yeah that's silly <laughs> uh and um yeah uh, and the the unit types are like elite heavy light infantry recon infantry rabble uh big xenomorph Support. and small xenomorphs uh and they they and even with some massaging or no massaging, they are, they already map out to stuff you can understand, like to stuff you can you 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 know and you do like you know support unit can't even can't even attack in melee can can do free shooting outrages everything great that's my heavy machine gun that's my mortar that's my yeah. whatever plasma caster or I'll, I'll pay a point and now gets to shoot over walls and through and around corners like indirectly. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the, those same rules for vehicles, which is like yeah. you can take you can take one fighting vehicle so you can't turn this into a tank tank game. It's like well every 18 points gets you another vehicle. So if you play bigger games, you get more tanks. Yeah. Yeah, if you play bigger games, you can take <laughs> you can take your more tanks, more IFVs or whatever. Then you get Also the models cap out at 12 points, guys. 
they can't be zero points and they can't be more than 12 more than 12 points yeah so you can't just have you can have two incredible squads but you can't have tw- or you can have 24 squads these are your options now you can have 24 squads which are going to be trash garbage <laughs> but <laughs> ah yes but <laughs> you only get two actions per turn so good luck sir <laughs> well hey you can still activate all of them to move Mm. Oh, well, in, in which case, like you're not going to have 24 units for too, for too long, but yeah, no. but yeah, vehicle rules exist. So like your fighting vehicle is going to be the the big mech or the big plane or whatever the helicopter or tank, yeah, or tank that's going to do your stuff. The transport vehicle is going to be like less tough, but it's more meant for transport uh, for transporting vehicles. Uh, for I mean, transporting is really simple as well in a way that I haven't seen many other games sort of yeah care about. You just lose half your movement, and the guys can get out at the start or the end. Yep, yep. That's like that's <laughs> it's easy. We won't clear up if the transport dies with guys inside of them, but we didn't look into it because it wasn't cool to shit technical too much. So I stopped. Yep. And uh, the the last the last category of vehicles is the best. It's a softkin vehicle. This is what allows you to bring technicals onto the field. There's an actual upgrade called technical. So. Uh, g- g- game lands squarely into my heart. Uh, you can use the soft skin vehicles to simulate everything from GLA battle buses to an actual taxi on the street because, like, you know, you just wanted the small transport or something. Uh, yeah, you can... the options for vehicles as well, um, I think, do a lot more to modify how the vehicle plays. Like, you can't really stop elite infantry from being elite unless you spend like twenty, like all of your points making them like. Scared, like scared and bad shots and weak and all that. It's like, well, there, but you've just done this weird option, this weird choice to make them bad on purpose. But vehicles have a much more modularity in like how you affect it. Like you can buy, like a vehicle does. I think the default assumption is wheeled or treaded. There's that much difference in speed. Yeah. But then you can go like, I'm going to give it legs. How many legs? I'm not sure, but it's more than one. <laughs> Yeah, Walker is a two-point upgrade. It the, it changes a lot about uh, it changes a lot about what the unit does, but you can have your softkin civilian Walker. Uh, it's gonna explode if uh, somebody looks at it. But hey, you have a Walker. You can have your Walker artillery and recreate your favorite Chaos Space Marine vehicle that was never good, <laughs> but now it is. Yeah, yeah. So rules, yeah. it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I said it already. It's exciting stuff. And, and yeah, and, and, once again, I can't stress how well the different um, faction lists just provoke thoughts about how the game should be played and like how yeah. you could bring your models into it as well. And uh, two two other things to, I guess to mention, but we still have more of them. Uh, is like when you. Increasing unit size from the standard the st- standard u- standard five guys uh, are like you know bespoke upgrades, which also came, come with stat improvements. So like if mm. you, you, if you take your five guys or five strength light infantry and you give them an increased squad size to make them ten strength, uh, they become better at uh, melee and better in shooting to represent that you have more of the stuff. You're paying more point, more, more more points for that. And if you go tremendous to tremendous value for money, yeah. And if you go to fifteen uh, to fifteen guys, of course, not all units can do that. Uh, you get, your guys become even better. So that's that's uh, that's just uh, that's just great. And uh, the models that can go to fifteen start at ten, which are militia rabble and primitive infantry, unless there's animals. Yeah. Oh, sorry, unless there's animals. Sorry. 
Yeah, so this sim models make 15, but they're like the cheapest, trashiest ones. Yeah. Everyone else can max out at 10, except for like the elite support, recon, and greater xenomorphs. You can't have a really, really, really big xenomorph. And all. And also, game understands that you might not want to represent 15 guys with 15 guys. You might want to represent it with, like, seven guys who have 2.2 wounds each and something. And it has guidance of what you do. Like, if you take your elite infantry, and which is, is five strength, and represent it with two space marines. One, because one of the list is, like, face, just five space marines. So, like, hey... Uh, represent uh, represent uh, your space marines instead of taking five guys, take two guys because, like you know, a space marine is maybe tougher than like a like a usual five guy elite squad guy would be. So just uh, once you lose like three wounds and the unit becomes wound and the unit becomes bloodied and less effective, just remove a guy, and uh, the the rest the 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 guy that's left is like your, your the other space marine. Or you can use a single uh, mo model unit and just say this elite guy is my space marine captain. He, uh, he he's just extremely tough and good. And uh, yeah, uh, which go. Which is to, which goes in tune with uh, the commander commander system because the commander system just is goes like, hey, uh, point at one of your units. That's the commander now, and the commander uh, helps uh, units around it be more courageous and uh, with other roles provides bonuses. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember too much um, uh, too much more from the commander bonuses. Except that uh, losing uh, losing him isn't great for uh, troop morale, which is another thing uh, I love because I first ran into commanders being a real thing in like seven edition or so, the forty uh, k, and then I saw that the game is like, oh, you lost your commander. Eh, it doesn't matter. You'll it's like losing another unit. You lost his bonuses, but that's nothing. And I, I hate. Oh, but he be important. Yeah, I I hated it ever since. Like you know, hey, you lost a hey, you lost a space marine company captain. Eh, Oof, whoopsie daisy. So yeah. Yeah, they've also got um. There's four different traits tables for your commanders, and they you randomly roll off to see what it is. Like a third of the trait tables to half are maybe just flat penalties to your guy. Like you might your warlord commander might just roll one less dice for all attack and shoot actions. So nine instead of ten, and five instead of four instead of five. Not ideal. Yeah, Not no, ideal. yeah, yeah. No, the commander trait tables, which add on to your commander outside the blank blank bonuses, uh, they're not optional as far as I can tell. And and two out of six abilities are, without a doubt, downsides. Like the book understands that it's a downside. And the others might be good, or depending on how you build the character, might do nothing for you. Like you get the you get crack shot uh, on your melee guy who can't even shoot. Uh, well, too bad. Forged the narrative, I guess. Which is uh, very weird in a book that goes so much out of its way to make you, like you know, personalize and make an army what you want it to be, and. Uh, the, and it tells you about a lot about commander about how you can single base him how you can put him on a bigger base like you know me, really make him your dude and then when it comes to allowing you to give some of that special sauce that would make him more than just another dude on the army it says like 
not random roll on the table. And if it sucks, well, it sucks to be you. So if you made a Space Marine captain, you can still roll up a trait that turns him into a 40k commissar to like shoot a guy in the squad to motivate him. And it's just like, maybe that's that's not great. Or like, you know, on, you roll on a table and your melee guy suddenly becomes incapable of attack activation, which means he can't charge into melee, which is like, okay, wow. Uh, an interesting place you decided to take, con an interesting spot you decided to take my control away from me. Yeah, and the commanders are also how we play the um, campaign rules, where you play a series of games and it's just tracking victory points scored by either side. Um, the missions all have certain campaign victory rules. Whoever wins or loses. So, like the one we played, if the attacker won, um, the defender would have less points in the next mission. If the defender won, they would get, I think, extra point. Not extra points. They just like this got extra XP for their commander. So, um, and then X, you know, I think victory points is turned to flat XP points for the commander as well, and you can buy. You could. Rolls, I don't. I don't remember if it's a flat uh, conversion of uh, victory points to to the uh, commander upgrade points, but yeah, th that's basically the only thing that campaign rules track. You, you, yeah, you, 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 there's you, a career point table, so it's not one to one. Sorry. Yeah. So because like nothing is upgraded but your commander and uh, like. You can spend uh, you can spend the career points to uh, to buy to roll, roll on the chart again. Yeah. Roll on the chart again, and it's more expensive if you want to roll on the different chart than you originally rolled. You can spend the points to remove a negative trade, and you can spend points to increase your deployment value. All of those bonuses go away if your commander dies or retires, and you're penalized for retiring commanders because then the subsequent commanders uh, start with fewer command points, uh, I mean career points, and if you dip into negative career points, your either your army gets disbanded or your commander gets shit-canned because... The, for <laughs> your commander dies. Uh, yeah. Just straight up like, yeah, um, they're, they're encouraged to not come back by a grenade in the tent. The campaign system, uh, not great, I'm going to say it. Honestly, this is straight up like, Track it by who scores the most VPs in the game, and then first of 30 wins. Um, that, that's simple, I like that. The fact that only your commander is tracked, and and there's nothing about keeping your army the same, feels really weird. I don't think there's even so, anything about keeping your commander the same, so... No, so, like, I guess you have the traits you've kept, but... If you suddenly roll up like, oh, I've, I've got free wild charges, I guess I'll build a wild charge, you know, with my commander because that's a free action every turn. I've got to roll for. Um, I don't know, like, I, I approach most things with sort of like, how do I win this game? Like, what do I do to get the most fun of rolling lots of dice and being effective? Um, I'm never going to say like, yeah, just like hard counter your opponent, but what else... What? I don't... It's, it's weird. I just wish there was more sort of like... Like, for, for units, like, hey, they're, they're really good at activating. Maybe they could get a better activation score or an extra battle point or armor or nothing to, like... I don't know, like, something to make them, like, yeah, these are my guys. These guys did really well versus um, the forces of Antares 22. That's why they've got a scar, which gives them fearful... I don't know. Yeah, I... Like it's really hard probably to be, be, to maintain like faction rules in this game because like you build your units from the bespoke bits and though that you can't even really have an action but 
if the game had some sort of like army list tracking or like you know units gaining xp and losing xp uh if this game had the crusade system from warhammer 40k it would be a lot better and uh, it would make the army a lot yours and if there weren't any weren't no random rolling for stuff it would be even better uh so yeah campaign system is like you know it's barely there and what is there isn't great yeah it, it feels like it feels like a real misstep in an otherwise really tight game um and i'm not quite sure how um the other uh, apostrophe rampant game from theirs but if it's like this that seems like a real a real bummer but it's also very freeform and you can bring your own stuff into it so it wouldn't be a hard campaign rules to sort of tear out and make better type your own ones up yeah we should probably cover the xenos rules we're doing i'm building still yeah yeah okay uh, yeah xenos rules is where your like you know army building takes the uh unit type rules that you have and you know just goes wild with them because here you have stuff like cloaking devices combat medics uh <laughs> units exploding so you, for example uh, you can make uh, vehicle-borne IEDs, and one of the sample lists has it because you just take a take a civilian vehicle, add exploder to it. That's it. You can drive it up to a guy and explode it. You can make Goliath yep. Goliath mines from World War Two. Uh, the old C4 Jeeps from um, Battlefield 1942. Yeah, yeah, battle <laughs> exactly. Uh, there are at least four specific rules for making the psychers that you want. So psychic is basically the one you need to buy to use powers. And, and there are different levels of how many powers you get. But then you can add psychic hazards to get perils of warp in the game. I mean, hey, it gives you a point discount. But I see this as a 100% upgrade because Perils is good and I always support it. There's psychic resistance for uh, recreating some sort of space-type crusading berserkers. But since the game says that berserkers can be crusaders, I don't know what it has in mind. And you have psychic species for because some of species are just that good and just can cast some powers for free or something. This also, also brings up covering uh, mutants and stuff or esoteric spells. Yeah, um, it's uh, species instead. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to be like specifically a psyker. It's just can. It, it, it the rules also talk about the fluff side of it, like how how you fluff it and what does that what does that mean and stuff like. Uh so so say if you take a force if you take a force field, it could be like your. Regular, uh, regular ass force shields. Uh, you know the hexagonal, the hexagonal dome that surrounds your guys. It could be a psychic, psychic force shield. It could be uh, the preternatural grace of an assassin or something. Uh, yeah, and it also has stuff like some sort of like bigger templates to apply to units like demonic or undead or. Uh, uh, mechanoid. Mechanoid, yeah. So, so some of these Xeno rules are definite benefits and you pay point for them. Some of these are drawbacks like unstable, which uh, deals... If you roll doubles to activate a unit, it deals that much in damage. So if you roll doubled fives, you deal five and your unit just evaporates because not many units are stronger than that. 
back to hell with you, angels. <laughs> it's like a, things like a mobile, which aren't really super xenosy, but can help um, cover something else up. Um, a lot of the the type options, like um, mechanoid, undead, and demonic, are all free and have legitimate bonuses. Like most of them ignore stun weapons, so stun weapons just seem hugely counterproductive. Um, mechanoids don't take courage tests. Um, undead are courage zero plus and demonic ignore fear ignore fear and have fear and they have unstable which is a, a huge downside once you take a wound because it's one wound and then it, it kicks in which is not uh, insurmountable odds um yeah and then if you're worried about this constantly playing against you you can spend four points on one unit to give a crusader it's a reroll everything but what four points is a lot yeah 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 four points uh for uh, Crusader is one of those rules that is really good against demons and really not great against anything else. And uh, it's interesting since it also has a zero point variety, which kicks in when you're playing an, against an army that doesn't have demons. Uh, uh, well, Crusader can be he can work against demons, mechanoids, or undead. Yeah, it's it's all those um, uh, Zeno type rules that change the whole squad. Yeah, which uh, at the same point, it's like, you know, understand why it is. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry for talking about 40k uh, all again. But like, this is the issue you run into with factions like Grey Knights or um, Death Watch. They're geared for fighting a specific type of enemy like demons or aliens. And what do you do if you want to take those guys uh, to fight something else? Personally, I would have never made them into affections and still left them a single elite choice, but whatever. Uh, so how do you do? what do you do when your Grey Knights geared against fighting demons are fighting against uh, orcs who don't get demons or necrons or whatever? So this game's uh, suggestion is like, this upgrade becomes free, so I guess it frees up four points to bring some other stuff into your army. Uh, I guess it, it does also mention rather than the particular rule, you can pick a particular type of alien, including for aliens, humans are all people's choices, or follows another religion or a cult or something. So you could spend the four points and say, okay, you're, you know, you're Wayland, you tiny guys, my xenomorphs hate you because you're humans and a corporation and capitalists. And for all these reasons, I'm spending four points per squad, three roll everything. So that it does have that benefit. You don't need your opponent to take the trait. Yeah, but the opponent—if the opponent's taking that trait, and you're spending four points to counter that trait, you are at a huge disadvantage straight away. Because this crusader is per squad, and demonic can be on everyone for free, for no yep. real penalty. Yep. Uh, and you know, uh, instead of taking crusader, you could, for example, if you were munchkining, and you know, <laughs> you, know you could take psychic because alpha class uh, psychic is four points it gives you three powers and increases their range by six percent i mean not six percent six 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 <laughs> inches which is like uh not nothing uh you know so uh castle likes to say that this is a tight game and it only needs maybe some balancing uh, I, the rules are tight but the balancing needs work is what we're saying and what casa said. yeah i don't think the balancing is like super off like if you yeah. just run straight models versus each other it'd be fine um there aren't trap options but there are good options and yeah. okay options like some units have weapon options that are things like um 
Sixes count as two hits or reduce armor by one when shooting or in melee. Or halve armor or versus vehicles or infantry. Yeah. And like, depending on what you're fighting, it's always good to have sixes count as twice. No matter what you're shooting at, yeah, that's yeah. double the damage. One sixth of the time. Um, and minus one armor adds up immediately. Like, if you're armor five versus armor, armor five versus armor six, I can, hit, I can potentially hit you, hurt you twice with ten dice as opposed to once. Um, yeah, 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 and and they're all they are all appropriately costed the um the default ones I believe. Like I don't think heavy weapons costing two points is too cheap. Um, and the penalty of the point reduction Xenos rules are all kind of fun. Like mobile's fun, mercenary's fun. You get to, you get a cool new chart to roll on. You save a point on a one. Your unit doesn't turn up on a six. You inflict d six strength hits on the opponent's cheapest unit just off the board. Yeah, mercenary is a great rule because it has a, like an actual chart of results can happen from your mercenary, so they might not turn up, but they might t- turn up really good or some somewhere in between. And at minus one point, they make they would almost make uh, a light a unit of light infantry free if they if the game di- if the game didn't say that even if you go down to zero, the unit still costs a single point. But it can make you. It can make your uh, two-point units a lot. Che- uh, two-point units, for example, a lot cheaper, and it allows you to buy another upgrade. So, like you know, a, mercen- uh, a mercenary fighter represented by a single model unit of light infantry is uh, still one point. Uh, they they have one psychic power, but they might not turn up. <laughs> yeah, and there's no reason you couldn't be stacking these negatives as well. Like maybe your whole army is unstable because they're only like. Or or as the werewolf setting represents it, maybe it's uh, maybe it's an entire army of uh, SS troopers using uh, Nazi Wunderwaffen, which are unstable and are going to explode. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, Zeno's rules really allow you to do, do whatever, recreate whatever, because like it covers s- stuff like special insertion, so you know, like drop trooping or. Uh, burying into the field, it, it covers flying. It like it does everything, you, basically everything you wanted wanted to do. Yeah, it's great. Everything's there to make yourself as unique and accurate as you want. To dip into the next bit a little bit, it really lets you and encourages you and guides you in taking models off the shelf and saying, "All right, this this squad of warlord Aussies." Clearly, light infantry. Clearly, they've got a couple of brands, so that's a heavy weapon of some kind. Um, maybe they've got grenades, maybe they count as anti-tank. Um, but yeah, it's just straight up like, yeah, this is, this is probably how I'd do it. My, the game is very clear about like, this yeah. is how they do it. And it sort of encourages you to be like, oh yeah, I, I see why you do that. I see how that works. This is how I would do it in return. Yeah, my my Piet team that I have running around, well, that's clearly support infantry with anti-tank upgrade. Although you can, yeah, just, you, you can probably slap. I, I, I don't know if you can slap uh, close quarters or something on that to represent P at terrible range. <laughs> I think I'd have to check if support weapons had it, but I don't see why not. And it's, the game's also very open about you and your friends writing new rules and saying, like, hey, if it's not working for you, maybe tweak it. If you write something too good, change how much it costs, maybe redo it, make it more of a gentlemanly agreement. Oh, yeah, you. You can definitely you can you, you can put uh, close quarters doctrine on uh, support infantry to make them only twelve inches range, and the, 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 then it costs only a single point by default. So you can then buy anti tank 
for two points and uh, like you know uh, well support starts at five but yeah yeah support starts at five uh, you can t- make it close quarters doctrine to make to, to, to shoot up to 12 inches but then you put a slap anti-tank on it and voila you have your Pia team <laughs> they will blow up that tank because they have a good shoot value of four plus and shoot values in this game are usually in the fives and sixes and they'll half the tank's armor, which is what t- tanks usually use to be immune to regular shooting. So, yeah. See? Uh, yeah. The, the one misstep I feel they've made um, with regards to the profiles, and it's just a me thing, is that greater xenomorphs, the big ones, don't feel as generic as, say, the walkers are, or the vehicles are. They feel much more clearly defined as, like, they're a... Big, like the the kind of effects is essentially that they can they move pretty quick. They're good at punching, no shoot value, um, and decently armored and brave. Rather than like, well, I want I want a greater xenomorph that can poop out more dudes. How to do that? Oh, you don't really. Oh well, yeah, it's, it's there. Like you know, I mean, you can make them like a spawn point. Uh, sorry, not a spawn point. A um, like a transport drop point or something like yeah, transport. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not like it would be too hard to put transport rules on them or something. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's like my one thing. And the one range weapon they get access to is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> most guns are bad in this game. I mean, they're five plus for the most part. Five plus, four plus is special. So it's terrible. It's just like ah, I want it to be this. I want it to be this one thing, and it's it's everything else. I'm like ah, uh, <laughs> you want to have tanker bugs from uh, from like you know Starship Troopers represented by Greater Xenomorph? No. Yes. Have better ideas. <laughs> so yeah, yeah but. But but other but other effects for you, sir. Yeah, but other than that, it's like it's 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 so easy to uh, excuse to find excuses to buy miniatures for this game, but also to very easy to take the army that you have already at hand and to like smush it into a gameable state. Uh, are you some sort of weirdo who wants to play eighty forty three without eighty forty three rules? Well, now you have so well now you have rules yeah. to do that. Yeah, on, honestly. Your dead games play with this, unless you've took everything to do it with. There's like all like go and raid your local FOGS for the secondhand models and just yes. see what you can find. Just slap it on the table in the afternoon. Bam, go for it. You want to play with your infinity models? Great. Most infantry in this game by default can fire back once a turn. So <laughs> potentially can fire back once a turn. So like you'll yeah, have even. Uh, you'll have even that uh, represented in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you find a miniature, you probably can use it. You want to do John Carter of Mars? Do it. Uh, hmm. You want to? You want to play Warhammer Fantasy? Well, this is this isn't really the rule set for it. <laughs> so maybe That's you should. Good. It's too clear and well written. Yeah, yeah. Have you considered the Dragon Rampant? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, like you know. If the guy if the guy is holding a gun, you can probably use it in this game. Uh, so, for example, it's, so to give an example that won't be relevant to to any of my listeners, recently a guy in uh, the something awful fatal and friends thread uh, reviewed the uh, the hive and the flame, 
which is a rule adaptation of the Sword and the Flame uh, Imperial British uh, Adventures games into a Victorian science fiction setting. Unfortunately, the rules are terrible and the setting is boring. But if you want to do Victorian science fiction or like even steampunk, this game can do that even if it doesn't say that explicitly because like you have the rules, you can like, you know, you can do stuff. Yeah, and it's got well, the terrain rules are pretty clear, pretty simple. Um, the scenarios are all mostly okay. Um, you've got the Counter Strike special VIP extraction. Um, there's like a fighting retreat one that's kind of neat. Um, there was an annihilation because you're feeling spicy and boring. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just easy. It's the book's like 120 pages before the before the different like we wars of fantasy settings. And they're like 60 pages, but they're all like tight. They're all short. And, and that they're a pleasure to read. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, and the one, one other thing. Uh, the game is supportive of you using different scales of miniatures. So, for example, if you want your strength point to be represented by a base of 6 millimeter miniatures, whatever. Uh, yeah. the, the, the dev is like, all right, maybe transform inches to centimeters. I don't know. Go, go along. Have mm. fun. So... Yeah, this is like, you know, all the excuse you want to buy for miniatures. Uh, you can uh, you can shake a stick at and the like I mentioned, the example detachment lists are all uh, are all uh, inspirational and good. Oh, and one other thing, it's not about excuses to buy miniatures and stuff, but like we got the uh review copy PDF for free, which is like yeah. uh thankful to Osprey and stuff. But the PDF is so well bookmarked. Oh my god! Oh. It's like so many bookmarks and nested bookmarks, and it's great. It's and you can turn the background off and the photos off and any part of the image off because it's like a new design document, even. So it's like the perfect kind of PDF. So it actually runs on my laptop, which is wonderful. Yeah. So like the PDF is like mwah, nothing but value. Hopefully, this is similar to what the um, release candidate people can buy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a shame if not. Yeah, it's, it's it, not. Haha, we're special. Fuck you. Yep. Get a podcast, loser. Uh, so, yeah, the, the PDF, great. Uh, okay, so since we're, we started randomly talking about stuff that's good or that is bad, let's move to Compliment Sandwich and tell me the first thing you like about this game. Oh, man. It's the, it's the rural cult number 14 of the example detachment lists because um, it's fun and it's goofy and um, it's a really cool way to run it. Um, all the example detachment lists are incredible. Uh, it's it's just everything I've always thought games should offer in their mini agnostic skirmish. Oh, this is skirmish. This is more like platoon. I don't know what scale it's worth. Not like company? No. This is. A, I think this is anyway. a pl- 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 platoon scale because you can basically yeah. mo- mostly bring a platoon, do- platoon of dudes. It's, it's Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's just all of them are effective. All of them seem relatively balanced against each other, um, ignoring thematic conceits. Yeah, and they're all really evocative. They're all really like, yeah, I, I, I would play that Soviet list. Yeah, I would play that um, Her Majesty's Constabulary. The the different tiers of military are all quite funny and made me think a lot of the um, well, it's the level seven invasion board game, which was like XCOM board game, but cool because <laughs> you were playing like all the different. The entire world fighting and invading alien force. And this game sort of has that of like the top tier guys are really good, but they all get wiped out because they're all like in the important parts they want. And you have the second tier and the regulars and the PMCs and the Desertant Raiders. 
and just goes through it's like yeah this all seems like yeah they're getting worse and worse and worse and worse you have like your um 90s iraq iran faction your um your black ops with like cool laser swords it's just like yeah it's just i don't know i don't think it's a bad one amongst them yeah uh i'm going to say that uh, uh for for my point it's going to be like re- related to yours and uh I've already mentioned, but I really love the writing in the detachment list because it's not like only just presenting like cool, cool ways you can make a an insurgent regent factory, which has a bunch of units with like insurgent cells, insurgent cells with RPGs, zealots, armed mobs, insurgents on motorbikes, homemade mortars, vehicle bone IEDs stuff like that uh i i also like uh, you know the writing both the writing itself and the unit uh, and uh and the unit names and it's great and it wants me and it makes me want to play the game more uh so yeah like the knockoff um the post-apocalyptic world opening up with like the new world order like yeah we're gonna have elections soon don't worry. just just go fight for us and we'll have elections soon don't worry about it yeah yeah or the techno barbarian knockoff um Legion of Steel, Brotherhood of Steel. It's one thing you never expect, you least expect from a game of generic rules list is like having evocative writing. Yeah. All right. So your negative or my negative? I had this decided as my negative the moment I laid my eyes on it and it's going to be commander traits period. Uh, I hated random roll. I hated the... when uh, 40k introduced commander rules which were randomly rolled and you could just like mm. get stuff that's either not suited for your army or your dude and this is like it it, it, it always goes against my main desire in this game is to have quote-unquote my dudes and this game go and this game uh, rules writing whatever writers go a lot into saying how you per- can personalize your commander make it more yours blah 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 the whole the whole goddamn thing is about making your army yours and fitting to your setting and then going out of their way to say like the commander the guy that most that you most uh, uh, identify with the guy that most represents you uh go fuck yourself Uh, he's getting the special rules that he's getting the special rules that the dice decided uh Mm. and we're putting uh rules specifically into the campaign to penalize retiring bad commanders to make you stick with the bad commanders if you rolled something that's uh, bad and doesn't fit your commander mechanically like you know again crack shot on a dude that can't even shoot the game says like ah don't look at this as a penalty look at this like uh you can tell a story with it. You can tell forge a sto- the narrative. Yeah, for, forge the narrative. Uh, like it's a character trait. What kind of character trait is being a crack shot for someone who is like you know a melee guy, never shoots? Uh, yeah, we'll pick so, a different commander for you, I guess. But yeah, this not, is a, not ideal. This is so bad. It's like basically you can introduce whiplash and stuff because like in by itself, rolling randomly for commander traits is bad it's me for me it always bears the stench of like uh we couldn't balance this so instead of like making like some instead of giving you a list where some options are clearly better than others and so everyone will choose the better options we'll make it random rolled you can't say it's unbalanced because you can't choose it it's all random <laughs> yeah like at the at the point of sounding too much skinny um i don't understand why a person would ever take uh rolling one less dice for all shoot and attack actions yeah, unless they were forced to. Exactly, exactly. It those command the the good commander traits aren't that exciting. The bad commander trait the, the bad commander's uh, tra- traits are bad, 
and the whole system on itself, everything it touches, it poisons. It's, I hate every part of it and I wish it would be cut out. Uh, friend bottoms. Yeah, honestly, house rule it out. Just optional. Yeah. I'd rather like roll, like roll two dice, pick which one you want, or, some, or just like pick your trait because just pick your trait. <laughs> Honestly, nothing would be lost if you played without those uh, those rules. If you only had the commanders, commander, those like universal commander abilities, so like giving you a courage point. And uh, friend poster Voshank said that it it has always been in the game, and uh, they used to they were optional, I guess, in the other rampants. They aren't optional in this, and even if they were optional, it's a terrible system. Uh, which it it is a terrible system. It should be redone. It should be brought into uh, harmony with the rest of the rule system, which is very friendly and uh, inspiring and gives you what you want exactly um and if you wanted something like with bits and bobs of penalties or something like go look at muskets and tomahawks they had yeah. uh, uh, they had an awesome way of doing this and like there was so so much friendlier it both in both giving you both a trait that does something and giving you a weird mission that represents your weird commander wanting to do weird things any game that otherwise pushes so hard for you to like bring out your models and sort of make work how their arms or how they look or what their effectiveness will be, um, saying like, oh, by the way, your commander just, uh, just poops himself every Tuesday. Like, oh, that sucks. I guess I won't run a commander. Like, I don't know. Haha, I constructed I constructed this eight point Space Marine Terminator uh, captain for who can punch tank in a half. I roll dice and he can't attack. Yeah, so he's actually insipid and no one's inspired by him. Yeah, yeah. So like, which would be a fun option to take if I could if I could say, okay, cool, I'm going to buy Runt for my commander. Yeah, he's just smaller, he's weedier, he gets X points less because that's how the game is balanced. Otherwise. That would be fine. Or I would take that penalty or, you know, or spend more of a champion. Yeah, I basically had the same idea like you that at the same point, I guess. But hey, you can make another a tiny system of uh, Xeno traits or something that exists for commanders only. You can, uh, yeah. you, you get like, say, three points to buy, to personalize your commander with, and you can take uh, penalties like, uh, f- uh, penalties to like what your commander does to like you know fit within those three points just like building other units wham you you squash some sort of groggy desire to make the player play like how the dice rolled you added even more friendly design space into your game and you made everything much more cooler yeah because the game doesn't want you to do random roll anything else except for you actively buying into it like psychic powers or the mercenary table or some other smaller things. Like you, no, you don't nowhere else does the game take away you choosing. Like the mercenary table, it's random roll, yeah, but it makes sense. Like you're you're making mercenaries, like you know, mercenary, uh, psychic powers. Uh, you choose them. I think you, cho- uh, as far as I can remember, you choose them, and you can do whatever. And like, hey, you know what? You know what? What? What was another thing that? Uh, yeah, that uh, 7th edition or something like that, maybe even 6th, uh, Warhammer did, that was terrible. Random rolling psychic powers, 
which was also like uh, we couldn't make all of them equally interesting. So random roll, uh, and uh, well, if you find a way to fish for invisibility, the best power in the entire game. Well, uh, you may have not rolled for it. Uh, I don't know. We're just a tiny bit company, tiny little guy. It's our birthday. You can't fault us for random psychic powers. Just a little guy. Just a little, a little guy. It's my birthday. Uh, so yeah. <sighs> So that was my rant, which was like basically presaged and impossible to miss. What is the thing that you don't like about uh, Xeno's Rampant? So it's a weird complaint. Um, it's kind of maybe not unreasonable and speaks to how often we have to read games and play games. But when I played with my friend Doug, um, we basically both misconstrued how some of the rules worked. Not because they're not clearly written. I mean, they aren't clearly written. But it feels like it's an expansion or a total conversion and it wants you to have read the original game first. And that's that's fine, I get it. But this is a full-fledged book that's sort of sold on its own. It's not Lion Rampant, Lion Ram, sorry, Lion Rampant, Xenos Attack. It's just Xenos Rampant. Um, and I feel like as much as the rules are clear, they could still be clearer. Like when we first read through it, we were looking at like our first attack roll. We were like, okay, cool. So I'm rolling my attack, my shoot dice. Do you roll your defense dice? Though defense too, like no, it's it's counterattacking. It's all it ever is. It's never anything but that. Yeah, and like that's obviously us bringing in baggage from other games and assumptions. But the game doesn't really deflate those assumptions, and I think that it's a slight misstep. And also, calling it your attack is a, is like on only three five plus, but your attack value is four plus. Which one of those are you rolling to activate them? Uh, right, uh, it's, it's attack, not attack value. Yeah, like, yeah. like you could just check. There's, there's some nomenclature that they've used, much like with um, Space Station Zero. I get why you've done it because you're familiar with the game, but I'm not. This is my first time playing it or third time playing it, and I don't want to be fumbling over your fancy language choices yeah. for provoke verisimilitude or whatever. Like. Just double up the words. Attack order, move order, shoot order. Yeah, melee like, order. And it solves it. Yeah, melee, like punching, like blocking, yeah, gun pew-pewing. Like. Yeah, because currently attack and defense is like, hey, those are generic. Like shooting is attacking, right? Nope, uh, nope, attack is attacking and uh, that's punching people in melee. And it would be really better if they changed the names for that. Similarly with armor, like... How come my shooting needs to overcome two points of armor to cause casualty? If it was like toughness or endurance or something like that, uh, would that would be better? Okay, so maybe you don't have that much of an issue that I have. I don't disagree with you, like, but it's, it's clicked for me in a way. It's like, oh yeah, the armor is that. Like, it's um, it's like in Cobalt Commander has like hit values for units, but they need X Men hits. Like, yeah, you can just call it something else that reflected the reality of how the game is played, rather than a cute term that exists only in universe. Yeah, it's like armor. It's like not how armor works. Stuffness. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's like you know how how armor how armor class or something doesn't make much sense in Dungeons and Dragons because the armor never protects you from damage. It protects you from being hit. Like you know, it's like you expect in other games for armor to act as some sort of thing that mitigates damage. But in the, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, if you hit them you roll damage, nothing no, nothing stops it. So this is why I'm saying that armor in this game should maybe be renamed. Strength, meaning like HP and stuff like could, could remain, I don't know. But yeah, like, yeah. So, oh, yeah. 
some creative renaming to make it all, all, all more clearer would be uh, nice. Honestly, less creative renaming. Or less, or less creative renaming. Something that's, uh, but something that's planned but easy to understand. Yeah, but this is very much um, bottom of the barrel, scraping for some sort of complaint like you asked me to bring up. So, <laughs> uh, the, 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 This is a minor complaint in comparison yeah. to the commander rules. Uh, <laughs> Which is petty as fuck. <laughs> it's not petty. I, I, I mean, I said what I said. It's the most legitimate criticism you can level at this game. That's fair. Uh, so, getting back to putting another piece of bread on this sandwich, uh, what would be your second compliment for Xeno's Rampant? Honestly, it's it's the sheer amount of imagery in the book. Everything is clearly detailed of where it's come from. Generally, who's painted it, if that's known. Um, and even at the back, where you can buy the models still. Like, he's got a bunch of photos of the um, Daniel Bain, the new devs, um, Space Marine detachment of 20-year-old minis and how he's painted them. It's a great slam on himself in there as well. And it's like, if you saw them, it's like, man, they look really cool. I'd love to buy them. Like, he's told you where you can buy them. It's not like, yeah, look at this cool model that Bilbo Franklinson painted 25 years ago. It's like, wow, it looks amazing. What is it? Oh, we're not really sure. Could be anything. He bought it 25 years ago and it's probably forgotten. So, good luck. <laughs> yeah, this game... And it shows, like, a, a great variety of stuff, too. Like, from EM4 to Mantic. Just try Mantic models are in this game, and it's wild. Yeah, this game has a lot of variety and a lot of like miniatures from Fuller, Fuller, smaller manufacturers that I've seen during the years, but I've never seen them used or in action. Like it's usually when you get those uh, uh, ancient metal miniatures manufacturers, the, the the only pictures they ever appear in are posted on battle reports that are on Blogspot or something. Uh, yeah, so like the, the bad squiddo, um guinea pig yeah. faction. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Just guinea pigs with guns and a pile of guinea pigs in a trench you know, coat, raincoat with a sniper rifle. Like that's awesome. It's just like yeah, these are you know this is the name of the model. This is who made them. This yeah, is who yeah. the photographer was. It's like that. No one does that as much as they should do that. Um, yeah, most mo- mo- it really stands out. Mostly there are some like mi- military history games that usually say like miniatures by cobblestone casting or something. But this says which specific range or whatever it is, which painted them. And this book even even has some uh, some pictures that make Mantic stuff look good. Like this is the first time I've actually considered buying GHPC the uh, guard proxies in the game. Yeah, I've I've got some Mantic stuff. Um, I've bought the Star Sega box. I've got some of their transport flyers because they I think that looked dope. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is the infantry they've got now it looks looks really good. Um, and that could also be like the sound of the painters they have or um, just the game sort of encouraging this sort of like, yeah, you know, just grab them back up the shelf kind of army building. Yeah. So rather than here is, um, oh, sorry, okay. So, so yeah, the, the game looks good and uh, me looking for another compliment, I guess. Uh, I can probably say that I like it how, how, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it, but uh, but this game very much scratches the itch that Pulp, uh, Pulp Alley does, because like Pulp Alley is more made for more mm. for more smaller intimate fights. But when you get into like army building stuff, like your head is full of ideas. 
you you immediately you read those abilities and the qualities you can uh, weld to your units and you're like ah i could make this i could make that i could make a space marine because that's where always my where all my thoughts go can i make a space marine and can i have technicals in this game that's it that's all, that's all i want and similarly here you can see like oh i could use that rule to simulate x or to simulate y and uh it's good it's 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 it's, it's great i i like it it's like you know it's it's, it's it's it just sends you yeah and like much like pulp alley it um it covers like the period once it covers like really well um there's not much in the way of getting in the way of you putting the models down and playing the game um obviously it's not skirmish but it just it just really works super duper um <laughs> I'd, I'd happily play either. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Angel Gerardes was the other painter I was trying to think of. Sorry. Um, the Corpus Belli um, Spanish paint genius who's painted most of the box cover art for their models. It's like, yeah, like a lot of games push like the incredible, like I'm not going to say the items, the paintings and jobs in this game are bad at all. They're all good. They're all reliable, beautiful models. Painted well. But nothing seems, I, I can't paint like Angel Gerardes. I don't know anyone who can. I haven't seen even on the internet people who can are few and far between. Yep. But Infinity all looks Infinity all looks like that. Warhammer 40k all looks like Warhammer 40k stuff, and they're all painted really, really, really well. Um, except for when they're painted backwards or something. I don't know. I'm sure that's one weird complaint. This game avoids that with their artwork by saying like, "Here, you guys probably look like this. Your guys probably can be this aspirational." Is how all the imagery looks. It's like, yeah, my guys could do that. I could build that force. I could do. I could buy those models. And you know where to buy those models. It even has like yeah. stuff from Ground Zero games, which is like uh, st stuff I've always wanted to look into. That their near future human stuff is, uh, has always been great, especially in the fifteen millimeter range, which uh, I've already seen people recommend uh, online. I think it was uh, Mr. Slonic Sledgehammer doing that recently, uh, recommending fifteen millimeter Ground Zero games for uh, Zeno's Rampant. Uh, and uh, shout, shout at us in the comments if you want me to inflict Stargrunt 2 on CASA so we could review the Ground Zero Games rule set. Oh, I have to go out that weekend, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Host, uh, would you play Xenos Rampant? Yes, I am honestly thinking about inflicting it again on some mates until I manage to work out where the Pop Alley cards come from. Um, we both have a big collection of models that we work like. He's been collecting some Major Sigma stuff, and I've been collecting shit for years. Um, I know, and just squads of five guys are easy to assemble, build, paint, print off, whatever. Um, I I would play this game a lot. I would play this game too much, and it's just it's ah, oh, it's it's just good. I just like it. I just like it a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, likewise, I'd, I, I, I'd play Xenos Rampant. It's a good rule set. It's a done good thing. We had fun. We played it. It plays, pre it plays pretty fast. I can't even say that, uh, uh, like, you know, I don't have the army or like buying an army would be an issue because if you have miniatures, you have an army for it. Hmm. Uh, so buying a whole new army for this game would not be an insurmountable project either because of either the produce model count options or single model units. Or just that most squads are five models or ten models. Um, yeah. Like, that's a couple boxes of your favorite kind of minis and just go nuts. Like, there's nothing really stopping you from just buying, like, you know, the, the Bobojan uh, Games Workshop boxes. Like, buy a starter. Just use this. 
Oh, then you get the 40k rules. Like, I don't care, man. It's like, this is, that's not as good as this game. Objectively, it's not. I will yeah. fight anyone about yeah. this. Ninth edition, eat my entire posterior out. Uh, I could pro- I probably could probably throw down the Kadia stance box list into this game faster and play it more fun than the actual game is. Yeah, I mean, not not to obviously we, we shit on 40k a lot, but it's like if you enjoy it, you enjoy it, and it's cool. Yeah. But this is this much much more the speed. This is the Buren Pretzels game in peak perfection. I know we said about Cold War Commander sort of approaching this, but this is this very much like you could be four beers deep and still be playing this game. Pretty within the rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's one of those weird games where I'm like, this game doesn't have armor saves for me to roll, uh, except for if you take like Psychic Shield or something. But like, weirdly enough, I'm okay with it. On the other, single dice resolution is wonderful. On the other hand, when you think about it, I guess it's only when Space Marines come into play when I'm start when I start demanding, uh, like you know, separate the rules to overcome toughness and iron like armor safe. Anyway, uh, yes, I would play Zeno's Rampant, and Castle would play Zeno's Rampant, and uh, that's like uh, as big as a recommend as we can give for a game. Yeah, um, there's not much else. Yeah, like the negatives I have are all really minor. So. Uh, Get some of your favorite models. Uh, go go on the Osprey website, or <laughs> I'm, I'm sure uh, I'll see if I can find where else it's sold or something. Get yourself Zeno's Rampant. Get yourself some Zeno's miniatures, and get yourself a Zeno friend, and play some games. Have fun. Live a little. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the the easiest ways you'll introduce someone to wargaming for sure. Yep. And they'll be like, "Why isn't everything like this?" And be like, "Well." <laughs> because we can't have nice things that's why so uh i have been me jc dent your host for today and this has been casa that's who i've been yeah casa has been very good at being casa every time and never seen him be someone else uh well have you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's a pro recommend as a <laughs> podcast host co-host uh, guy uh, <laughs> so yes uh, this has been Fortified Niche and we'll see you next time bye bye